Alright, welcome to the Friday Feeding Tube, definitive podcast on sports, TV, fart jokes, and a better life. My co-host this week is someone new. Megan is out in L.A. doing comedy, so good luck with that, Megan. Um, actually, we brought in her backup, who is her husband, Mike McCumber. Mike, welcome to the your very first Friday Feeding Tube. Thanks. It's, uh, it's very good to be here. I'm very excited about this, my inaugural appearance on the tube. Hopefully it will lead to listener, first time caller. <laughs> so one of the reasons I wanted to bring Mike on is he actually wants to raise awareness of a really good cause. So I'm going to give him the first couple of seconds to do the good deed on the tube and let him speak to that. I do a lot of civic work and I, I have a charity that uh, some friends of mine in a motorcycle club and I are going to be holding a fundraiser for and I wanted to kind of get the word out there for uh, Rainier Therapeutic Riding. They provide basic horsemanship lessons to injured military personnel uh, at three arenas in the Yelm, Washington area. They've operated for about three years, and they're already the largest provider of equine therapy to military personnel in the country. Um, they currently serve over 40 to 50 soldiers weekly. Um, they have a staff of uh, roughly 60 individuals, as well as three certified instructors, uh, and several privately owned, leased, or donated horses. They work directly with uh, medical military personnel attached to the Army Warrior Transition Battalion and Air Force Medical Flight at Joint Base Lewis-McChord to select active duty soldiers suffering from suicidal tendencies, uh, post-traumatic stress, and traumatic brain injury, as well as a host of other injuries. All services for them are provided without cost to the participant. So what we're doing is trying to raise money for that. It's a really great cause. Uh, If anybody wants to donate some goods for the auction that's going to take place or uh, just make an actual donation, they can do it through me, um, which they can contact me through uh, Podbean, through this podcast, uh, just shoot an email to Sean there, and we'll make sure that uh, everything gets to this great charity. So there we go. We are. We're making a better life. All right. Stay, staying true to the brand. Moving on to less tasteful things, let's go into the rundown. So a couple things this week. We're going to be kind of sports heavy. It's a couple dudes talking, so we're, we're going to go some sports. So all you non-sports fans out there, doesn't really matter, because whatever. Just tune out. It'll be over in a bit. The first thing I saw was fourth round of the uh, PGA Tour event in Quail Run, and Tiger Woods was not there. Oh. Tiger Woods did not make the cut. Tiger Woods did not make the cut. That's very, uh, almost impressive. It really, I mean, he has to try to not make the cut. And it's it's funny because it's like after the whole thing with his wife, he kind of went downhill, and it's kind of like he just can't deal with people not liking him. But it's almost like that just seems like it could be the ultimate... WWF move to just grow a bigger beard and start doing the thing where you like take kids' autograph books and tear them in half and throw them down and just doing the full-on Happy Gilmore like beating up your caddy and riding the pony after big putts. I mean, you could totally go with this. Like, I would cheer for. When you cheer for him more if he just embraced it and started like flipping people off and changed his name to Bangle or something. I, w- like, I would actually get a jersey of Tiger Woods if I saw that. If he had like a evil man servant that would hit people with crutches on their backswing or something, that would be just the best in the world. And just. Just go full contact with it. Embrace the dark side, Tiger. We, we beseech you. Yeah, just go full on crazy. Get like a tattoo of Mike Tyson's face with his tattoo on it. Like, go that deep. Wow, that's double tattooing. Then he could bite somebody's ear off. Wouldn't <laughs> it be great? He runs up to a golfer like, and just instead of like shaking hands after the after a round, he just bites his ear off. <laughs> like spit in his face or something just horrible. Yeah, you're telling me that wouldn't be better than watching... Bubba Watson just take a couple of hacks on Sunday. It's like, no one cares about the guy in orange pants. So, the other thing going on is the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes. 
Mike is a hockey guy. I love the Stanley Cup. It's one of my favorite things. And and we were talking about it. Mike uh, actually shared something with me that we I think we need to talk about him too. Well, you know, knowing that I was going to be here and recording this with you today uh, made me start thinking about some of my favorite uh, hockey teams. And so I put together a little tribute. It's it's four teams that you will never ever see in the Stanley Cup or probably never heard of. And feel free to research these teams. It's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, coming in at number four on the list, I'd like to talk about the El Paso Cowpatties. Okay. <laughs> in El Paso, Texas, there's a team called the Cowpatties. And we all know that uh, El Paso is a breeding ground for winter sports, you know, with its cool, crisp, 90-degree winter months. You know, it's, a wonder, it's, it's, it's a real wonder to me that they don't hold more coveted spots on the Stanley Cup, but I don't think they're ever going to just push over and make it there. <laughs> the cow patties. That's amazing. Yeah, and then you have, uh, like, Portland, Oregon has a team. It's the Buckaroos. Because uh, nothing really says hockey like uh, an homage to the Old West in the Subaru, Tofu, and Hippie capital of the United States. <laughs> I know. They could call them the, the... I mean, that would actually make cow patties make more sense because it's organic, at least. It should be like the hacky sacks or like the... Or you know what took place in Oregon was the Goonies. Yeah. I mean, I would so rather be the Portland Goonies. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, Chunk the goalie. Yeah, or, just, uh, hey, you guys! Sloth, yeah, Sloth the goalie, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, Chunk, I don't know, Sloth, whatever. Be... Yeah, and Portland actually also had a team for a while called the Rosebuds, and that's pretty terrifying if you're a hockey team to be known as the Rosebuds. The Rosebuds, yeah. It's not only a flower, but it's also like a literary thing. Yeah. It's like doubly tough. Yeah, and then, um, of course, you got the Kentucky Thoroughblades. It's like hockey. On horses, the mint julep and a floppy hat. Really, I mean, thoroughblades. I know horses are big in Kentucky. Just, just stick with the racing, and and stay out of the hockey game because no one can take you seriously with with a mascot that's a horse on skates. I'm just saying. <laughs> the thoroughblades, like a blacksmith and a horse, kind of got on with it. I don't know. And then uh, finally, my absolute favorite on my list, the Macon Whoopie of Macon, Georgia. I can't really begin to say anything about this. Just um, they used to be the Whoopi Goldbergs. <laughs> Making Whoopi Goldbergs. <laughs> Brilliant. And they're the Whoopi Cushions, but they really wanted to make it action-oriented. They really wanted to make it present tense. Yeah, that and uh, a terrifying mascot like a whooping crane. <laughs> the Making, the Making Whoopi. To go that route in, in hockey, I mean, you have so many different. Ways you you go angry mascot, you could go dangerous mascot, you could go like national pride, like the Maple Leafs mascot. But no, they chose the ubiquitous term for yeah. sexual relations mascot, which I think is a bold move. Welcome Georgia, and let me bring out your making whoopee. Like what what music do you play for? I mean, I know what music I play for that, but what music? Yeah, <laughs> what's the appropriate music to play for that? It's the only mascot in the NHL without a crotch in his uniform, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most uncomfortable place you've ever made whoopee? Uh, do you mean hockey? <laughs> that would be in Macon, Bob? Uh, the uh, penalty box. <laughs> oh, yeah. Macon whoopee in the penalty box. So the other sports news that I was very remiss in missing last week being a football guy and a frustrated Seattle fan, which are my two favorite things to be, um, was the NFL draft. And as always, the Seahawks had a questionable at best first pick. 
Oh, I, I think they've made a great decision, actually. Everybody was saying that this guy was going to go like 50th or 60th on the list, but Bruce Irvin coming to Seattle. It's a perfect move, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm not really a football guy, but everybody needs in their family or organization that one really pissed off thug cousin or hillbilly cousin that like when some guys come to try and rough you up is going to show up like a crowbar and a burlap sack and go to work. And that's what this guy is for Seattle. I mean, he's He's going to be impressively mean, which we need in this town. I mean, there's there's no, like, sunshine. Everybody's malaise unless they're all hopped up on coffee. But this guy's going to do some damage. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I know I've got, you know, probably a few dozen hillbilly cousins or family right. members that can take care of business like that. And I'm sure, you know, you must. Um, I think that'd be you, Mike. Ah. Yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's awkward. I was like, "Yeah, I do have that guy." It's he's I'm I'm in the room with him. Actually, <laughs> Mike is the Bruce Irvin of our family. Well, I probably he, have the closest thing to a criminal record. He literally would blindside you, <laughs> not in a Michael or uplifting ABC Family way. His movie called The Blind Side because you would not see it coming. Like literally, he would blindside you and end up blind afterwards. <laughs> yeah. He would blindside you in that he'd hit you in the side and then you would go blind. I think I'm all violent. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying you're the most violent guy in my family, which is, you know, it's like you're, you, which means you're beating out Megan, and basically. <laughs> you're beating out my stand up comedian and my little brother who does triathlons. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and my mom, who's a hardcore power walker. Yeah. Pretty intense though when she's got a little one color jumpsuit on those little hand weights. Yeah, there's no blindsiding going on with that. It's pretty intimidating. You see it coming a mile away. In the end, you feel kind of uplifted, I guess. <laughs> you, feel, you feel better about it. You feel and better you... about yourself, but worse about your circumstances. <laughs> Is that possible? So, on to the entertainment news portion of the rundown. The sad story was George Lindsay, famous for. Uh, playing the character Goober in both the Andy Griffith Show and in Hee Haw, died at age 83. Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing is he is survived by Cooter from Dukes of Hazard and also Snots the Dog from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's important. Either way, the only time I've seen it is when Sully grabs the remote and accidentally flips to a channel. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? Huh? Is it German? Is Conway Twitty going to bust in now? Is that... <laughs> A soulful ballad, really, really bad outfit. <laughs> so, um, the other big entertainment story is the Avengers this oh, yeah. week. Avengers blew out the box office, Mike. Yeah, I saw that. The Avengers did six hundred and forty-one point eight million dollars internationally in twelve days. Huge, two hundred million dollar opening weekend, breaking all records. You know, that just proves that age-old adage. If you put Scarlett Johansson in a skin-tight cat suit, add a few explosions, people are going to pay money to see it. <laughs> yeah. Which is... Which, by the way, you called. Yeah. You, you totally... <laughs> you know, I mean, it even beat out Harry Potter. The last Harry Potter, which made a boatload off the uh, insinuation that you're going to see that snobbish little prick die. <laughs> I know, it's like... I guess that answers the question of what do you want to see more? I mean... To the tune of $10 million. <laughs> to the tune of millions of dollars, Scarlett Johansson, cat suit, explosions, beats out, British kid, glasses, dying. <laughs> Apparently. But only time will tell, you know. I'm, I'm going to say Avengers. <laughs> not on top. <laughs> and my thing with the Avengers is Samuel L. Jackson's in it, and I'm just dying to... I wish they would just do the scene, just give it to me and be like, you know what they call Hulk in Europe? 
Bill Bixby. <laughs> Is it because of the metric system? Yeah, because of the metric system. They can't measure hulks. Yeah, incredible means something different in Europe. They gotta call him by his real name and stuff. <laughs> but that one from like a cool like joke about Pulp Fiction to like a lame joke about comic books. So that that yeah. one kind of started off cool and then ended really lame, which is exactly why I like my jokes. Its meteoric rise was cut tragically short. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, "All right, yeah, Pulp Fiction, Samuel Jackson, who's Bill Bixby?" I gotta turn this. What are we listening to? <laughs> Get to the sully part. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, talk about the mother of all segues there. So. <laughs> This Week in Sully is becoming fast becoming one of our more popular segments on the tube. Uncle, Ma- Uncle Mike is a big fan of Sully, and Sully's a big fan of Uncle Mike, so uh, we're going to chime in on this. So uh, my This Week in Sully, Sully's my one-year-old son. We always kind of give him a shout-out during the tube. Um, this Week in Sully is, I realize that he just really likes going upstairs. Like, upstairs is where our bedrooms are, and you, know, you don't go up there much because it means he's climbing stairs, and it's just better to keep downstairs. And we always take him upstairs to change him because that's where his changing table is. So he's found, if he says the word poop, we assume that he has a dirty diaper and we take him upstairs. And then it's like, he like fakes a dirty diaper. So he's like, poop. <laughs> like after, and it's like, you can't ignore that because it's like either he really did. So your choices are ignore it, which is, you know, could you mean you're a bad person. You could stick your nose directly in his ass to figure out, to verify, which is really not a good option before or after dinner. Or you could just go up there and take him at his word, which, you know, it's pretty funny because, you know, you think it puts him in a weird position, but it's like, it puts the other people in a weird position. Like, if I did that, there's no way that anyone, no matter what situation I'm in, is not going to, like, I mean, that's going to serve him the rest of his life. Like, like if I'm in court on the stand, it'd be like, excuse me, I just pooped my pants. Like, like they're not going to give me the five-minute recess that I've been denied or, like, in the middle of a job interview, that'd be a good one. Yeah, you're in the middle of a job interview, just not going well. It's be like, um, you know, that's an important question, and I fully intend to answer that. But I just poop my pants. Any problem getting nervous about a dance or a picture? Uh, excuse me, but uh, uh, Shelly, I I need about ten minutes. I just poop. My I just pants. poop my pants. But then the thing is, you really have to live that lie. It's not like yeah. it's just a diaper situation. Like you have to bring a spare pair of pants, yeah. or you it's know, gotta be a little more involved. I think, I think that's what will happen is he'll grow out of it as it becomes more involved. Like when he starts actually having to, to poop his pants to get away with things like that, then he'll move away from it because it's just not a fun scenario to deal with. I mean, now he's got no work involved. He has none of the cleanup. Right. You know, all he knows is, you know, if he poops his pants, well, he's going to get new pants. But, you know, when you start actually making him take care of that part, then he'll slowly come to the realization that it's just not worth it. I mean, there are several ways to lie to get out of things that don't involve defecation or new pants. Or, or the other concerning thing is maybe he just thinks poop means upstairs. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to be weird, too, of like, hey, do you want to go poop? Or like, I left I left that in poop. Like, that's going to be a lot of, you know, undoing. I mean, maybe, I mean, I just might be teaching him the English language completely wrong, and maybe that's a bigger issue. I mean, I would almost rather him lie about pooping his pants than him to realize that Upstairs and poop are not synonymous. Wow, I just uh, I just had this amazing moment where like going upstairs in every '80s TV show ever meant having sex. So all of a sudden, my brain just started shooting the like, yeah. All of a sudden, you feel like Huxtable a going. You feel like you a know, German porno with the Huxtables in your. Oh. 
Oh, God. Woof. <laughs> Shiza videos? Schnell! <laughs> that doesn't work for me. Uh, yeah, that, that's a collage of, of poop and going upstairs that I just don't need in my life. So. <laughs> I'll have to go wash my brain here in a few minutes and fix that one right out. Yeah. I got a, I got a thing. <laughs> but I am going to congratulate you because I believe that's the first time you moved past a fart joke to an actual poop joke. Yeah, I went right into the so poop jokes. You skipped the fart, went right for the poop. Congratulations. <laughs> The first poop feeding tube. That is true. It's it's pretty rare. A lot more satisfying. Well, it's not really rare. It's just rare that you record them. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's rare that okay. So the next segment we have is there should be a law, and this is where we come up with ideas that we think should be laws based on what drives us crazy and should really be legally enforced. All right, I am so sick, batshit crazy. Today I was at Safeway getting snacks. Uh, because Megan's out of town, and eventually I need to go to the store, and it's the only time I can buy, like, nine cans of chili and not get dirty looks from her. Right. So I go to the store, and there's a guy that walks past me, and he's got a live python around his neck as a piece of jewelry or art or whatever. It's a live snake, and I look at that, and I'm just filled with this abject rage because, quite frankly, one, you're an idiot because it's a constrictor, and if it gets frightened, you're going to die. Right. And two... Pets are not jewelry. Yeah, pets are not decoration. If it's not a service animal, a bona fide service animal, not the pit bull that the woman has the scarf with something embroidered on it and says that it's a service animal, but it's not an actual service animal, don't bring it in the goddamn grocery store or into my office or anywhere else. You're just pissing me off. I don't show up at your house with two limers and a goddamn grizzly bear on a leash, do I? No. Why? Because it's an animal. It's not a fashion accessory. It's not something that you want to take somewhere to look like a badass. Because no one thinks you're a badass with a snake around your neck. They think that you're either some kind of really, really messed up sexual perv that likes reptilia, or that you're trying to look like a badass. In either case, you're just a stupid little douchebag. So take the snake, put it back in your terrarium. I like <laughs> nice. the word terrarium. terrarium. And go on about your day, but stop being such a douche. Seriously. You so the law is this. If I catch you or anyone else catches you taking an animal that is not a service animal into a public place without a legitimate reason, we should get to berate you for 45 minutes or until you cry and piss your pants. Whichever comes first. <laughs> I like that a lot. So, as you can tell, Mike's a little worked up. So, just the, the key thing to remember out there is make sure it's dead first. <laughs> well, yeah. Kill it first, make it into a boot shape, and then you can wear your pet. <laughs> exactly. Then it serves a purpose. It's protecting your foot. Right. So here's my law. Um, you know, I, I love sports, but I hate when teams win and then they interview people. It's like, you know what they're good at is playing sports. You know what they're bad at is talking. They are. I feel like any time an athlete says words can't describe how this feels, I think immediately they're the ones that said words can't describe it. They should have to stop and go into, like, an interpretive dance or start painting or like a juggle or like something to like express how they do feel. It's like words can't do it. Okay, well, what's going to do it then, Michael Jordan? It's like do a backflip, do a cartwheel. It's like I hate because it's such a cliche, but it's a cliche using words to ex explain that words can't do it. It's like I, th I think that should be the rule. And if it's really it's a misdemeanor. <laughs> but the good thing is we'd always have visual evidence. I love the idea of that because I yeah. listening to him talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really think that just how teams have a team captain, you know, with like a C on their shirt, 
they should have a team spokesman. They should like have the one guy they draft that like went to Harvard and doesn't play a lot or like is really funny or like you know something like that could have been me at Idaho. Like I wasn't I wasn't great, but I could chat it up. So it's like just go talk to that guy about what he was thinking. It's like don't talk. No, don't talk to him. He's not the spokesman. I think that would I mean that would just make so much sense and it'd be so much better for us. It'd be so much better for them. What was uh what was Michael Jordan thinking after he won that championship? Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm sure he could kind of freestyle better than Michael Jordan could because clearly words can't describe. Exactly. could describe it, but not coming from him. Yeah, oh, God, I guess sounds can describe it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Guttural screams, perhaps. They don't count as words, but they So that brings us to our final question. And our final question, to give you a little bit of background, if you didn't pick up from the, the uh, first part, uh, Mike is a Harley owner and a hardcore Harley rider. Yeah, we put on quite a few miles. And Sully just thinks it's awesome. Every time he pulls up on his Harley, he just is like staring and just kind of like makes noises. Just, oh, like he, he just totally loves it, which is really funny because, you know, it makes me feel inadequate to jump in a Hyundai, but whatever. So, he, um, so and, and admittedly, Mike, you do look awesome. Like on a, on a Harley, you look awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, so my, here's my, here's my final question. What would you have to do, or what would someone have to do, what would you have to do to look lame riding a Harley, to not look cool while you're riding a Harley? Uh, one of them uh, is the aforementioned pooping of the pants. Uh, if you poop your pants while riding a Harley, you look like a douche. There's no way around it. <laughs> but I think the, the ultimate, like, is if, if you do something so stupid while riding that everybody's going to notice. Uh, like, I hear stories every once in a while, because I, I do ride with a lot of different people of like them just being so forgetful and there was one guy who I was talking to about it he was riding and he stopped at the stop sign forgot to put his leg down and just fell over and I think anytime you just (laughs) boom onto the ground with your bike anytime you wipe out going zero (laughs) yeah anytime you wipe out going zero with no cause but yourself I think that that automatically takes away all badass credibility from riding <laughs> yeah. from you. Uh, I hit that uh, hit that gravity pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> that gravity. That gravity. What about that ride, huh? That gravity really kicked in. Gravity that gravity, son yeah. of a bitch. Son of a bitch, gravity. <laughs> that are the orange pants from the Gulf. Yeah, but still, that's not as bad as just falling over. I hit uh, at two miles an hour. I rode into like six inches of gravel. My front tire jackknifed sideways, and I fell over. And even I thought I looked like an ass. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I wasn't worried about if I was injured. I wasn't worried about like the 500 pounds of bike laying on top of me. I was just like, yeah, I, I hope no one saw that because I looked like an ass. <laughs> yeah, I need to go play for the cow pies now. Yeah. <laughs> Moving to El Paso. Gonna be a patty. <laughs> gonna be a. <laughs> gonna be a patty. You know what's funny is. You know what I've never figured out how to do and look manly at the same time? Like, when I was in college, I thought I was a real, like, bad dude because, like, I was a football player and I had, like, the big sideburns and thought it was really cool. Like, I could never wave like a man. You know, it's like, I don't know how you, like, wave from a bike because, like, I would have to, like, or if I was on a bike, I'd have to, like, pinch my, my knees together and kind of hunch over and then hold with one hand and then, like, wave, but, like, only at the wrist and just, like, look really panicked. Or, like, you, you like, stick your arm up in the air and, like, what if you're waving to someone really far away? Like... I just don't know how, in general, but, like, if you're on a Harley, I don't think, you, I think you give people, a, like, a point or, like, a head nod, but there's, like, it's impossible to wave and not look like you're on, like, a parade or, like, you're, like, you can't look scary and wave. Well, you don't really wave so much as you nod or you just put your hand kind of out there. It's kind of like a low kind of 
You're not like elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, and down the freeway. Right. You know? It's not like you're a little, put your hand out there and just let them know that you're acknowledging their existence. But not that I don't do that every day. But um, yeah, generally you don't wave like a jackass when you ride. I think that, that that's true because then because then people think you're signaling your right turn. Yeah, exactly. And that just messes everything up. <laughs> I think so. You don't wave. Okay. That I think the other thing would be to unsuccessfully pop a wheelie. It's like, I don't know where he practiced that, but it's oh. like, if you pop a wheelie, you have to either nail it or never, ever do it. Because there's no middle ground that looks cool where you're, it's like, I kind of popped a wheelie, or like, I leaned back and kind of got freaked out, or... It's like, I got the wheel up a little bit, and the front end drove into the ground, and I flipped over the handlebars and ran myself over. Yeah, exactly. It's like... There's nothing good about Yeah, this it's like, it can be really cool or completely horrible. There's like, yeah, there's no, no middle, middle ground in the wheelie world, which... Uh. Because if I was, like, in a motorcycle group and I would wave, I'd be like, somebody please pop a wheelie. I just freaking waved. <laughs> I, need, I need to not be the douche of this ride. I did not need to be the pouty. The yeah. patty. We're not moving down to El Paso to be a patty. <laughs> this is an American legend. Don't be a douche. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a really good one. I think that, like, I can't flip anybody off without looking stupid. Like, I just, like, stick my arm straight out and, like, hold it way up like I'm presenting it. Like, I look like... I look like Vanna White that just is buying you the bird. Like, I don't look like... I don't know why, but for some reason, I can't just be, like, angry with it. I'm like... All of a sudden, I'm, like, in Guys and Dolls, and I'm going for the big finish that just happens to have a middle finger at the end. It's like, I don't know why I can't, like, flip anybody off. Like, it's just, like... It's just an extension of waving to me. It's just a one-finger wave, so it's like, I can't wave. I don't know. I, I don't think I can either, because it takes... Yeah, I gotta get to a certain point of anger and indignance to to throw the bird at somebody. That by the time I do, I just you know like my back is half arched, my hips are cocked, I'm making a funny face, I'm screaming in the vicinity, and I'm waving my finger around like it's on fire. I don't even know what's going on now. <laughs> it's it's a rare occasion, but uh, it, it just doesn't work out ever. <laughs> I know, man. All right, that's about all the time we got for the tube this week. Um, so thanks to Mike McCumber for being on this week. Fantastic job. It's a great time. Thanks for having me. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Friday Feeding Tube. Uh, check out Twitter, Friday Feeding TU. Go to Megan's website, MeganFlaertyComedy.com. Figure out how she did in L.A. And Mike, you want to give the name and info of that charity quickly? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Rainier Therapeutic Writing. Uh, you can get to them. Just give me a holler through... Uh, through the podcast and we can go ahead and hook you up with them directly or through me if you prefer to stay anonymous uh, we want to keep them well funded and in horses and grain and hay and stuff like that please don't mail me grain uh, or hay as I am involved with many grain and hay related charities and I won't know which one to send them to so <laughs> make sure and uh, text Can't or email us first alright thanks again and have a great week <laughs>